Good evening. Thank you for joining us this evening for our uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service. Um, for those of you all who haven't been to one of our evening services before, we do this a little differently. Uh, we don't do the three songs and the, the sermon. We kind of spread it out and we try to make the songs fit the message. Um, and and we'll, be, uh, we'll be kind of proceeding here. And I guess Jeremy's going to lead us in a song. Um, but I, I think we'll start with prayer. And so if you bow your heads, we'll pray and we will uh, we'll worship the Lord on, on this Christmas evening. Um, Heavenly Father, I, I pray uh, just to thank you for the, the amazing gift that you give us in Christ on, on Christmas, Lord. I, I praise you for, for um, the hope that we have in, in the Savior who came. Um, I praise you for the, the blessing that we have and hope for eternity. And, and um, just thank you for the family of God in this place. Um, Help us to, to focus on you, focus on your son, um, focus on him coming to, to uh, be amongst us, Lord. Um, we praise uh, Emmanuel, who is God with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, you guys can feel free to stand or sit, kind of do whatever you want. And everyone stay sitting. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm tempted to sit down now. Um, uh, I really like this song. It's not a familiar Christmas song, but uh, as you're singing it and learning it, just reflect on the on the words as we worship the Lord tonight. It's it's one of my favorites, mostly because of the good lyrics. <clears throat> Come and stand amazed, you people. See how God is reconciled. See His plans of love. Of As we, uh, as we uh, look at Christmas this year, the coming of Christ, 
Um, I, I, one of the things that I, I think I've never really preached on in depth, and I've always wanted to, is how big of a gulf, um, how big of a gulf, how big of a, a, a jump it was for Christ to come and, and be amongst us. Um, I, my, my passage here is from Hebrews uh, chapter 1. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Um, Hebrews is a really complicated book. Uh, it's it's a difficult book, but the focus of it is it's all about how Christ is superior. He's superior to angels. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to to all of these things because he is God, and because he's God, um, he is uh, he's eternal. Before there was time, before there was space, before there were stars, before there were angels, before there was anything, there was Christ. Christ was with the Father, with the Spirit. Um, Forever and ever and ever, since the creation of time, um, the angels have adored Jesus. They have gathered around him and the Father, and they have like sung their praises. Like, like um, his radiance is so um, all-encompassing that that it defies explanation. Actually, Paul probably saw um, the throne room of heaven in a vision, and and he actually says that it, that it it's beyond what you could put to words. You couldn't describe what the angel sang. You couldn't describe what you saw. Like it was so much that you could never really put it to words because it was so amazing. Um, this is who Christ was. Like the scriptures tell us that the creation came about because of him. And actually we were designed to be in his presence. We are designed to be in his glory. If you look at um, Adam and Eve in the garden, Adam and Eve, like, like God just showed up and talked to them regularly. I mean, they were in His glory and in His like like awesome presence um, constantly. And we were actually designed to live there. Um, we were designed to enjoy it like a and not even notice it. Even I think it's it's almost like a fish in water. You know, fish probably don't notice that they're in water because they're there all the time. Adam and Eve were designed to be in God's presence, and we were designed to be there. Um, this is the way the world was meant to be. Um, and as we like worship Christ, as we as we celebrate Christmas, part of the celebration has to recognize the fact that that this God was born. I mean, I'm, I'm I know a handful of y'all have experienced birth like up close. It is not pleasant. Um, the God who who was surrounded by angels since forever um, um, was born and, and had to learn to use the potty. And and how to had to learn to talk and to eat and to step and everything else. Um, he did it for you. He did it because God loves you so much that He would go to any distance to be close to you. That He would go like any distance to draw you near. Um, and so as we celebrate Christmas, as we recognize like like that first day when God was with us, um, we celebrate God going that 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 gulf, crossing that chasm to be amongst us. Let's continue to worship um, this evening. (laughs) (laughs) The fears 
standing up and sitting down. Everybody's going to get their workout today. Um, God, God created man to enjoy him and, and to have a relationship with him. We were, we were created to be in his presence and enjoy his glory and, and to create like he creates and to, to um, make art and to, to love each other and to tend to the creation. I mean, we were, we were designed to be in relationship with God, but... The wheels came off the bus kind of early. Um, when, when Adam and Eve were tempted and they said, you know what, we could probably be like God ourselves. We'll, we'll take that spot. Um, and sin entered the world. Um, now, here's the tricky thing. Um, God is so holy. He is so good that his goodness and his holiness is like a consuming fire. Like for him to be in the presence of uncleanliness would be to consume it. Like he is so pure and good, that, that it's like a fire that encounters anything that is wicked or broken. And, and so this distance that suddenly exists when sin enters the world, um, man can't enter into God's presence any longer. Um, because to see God's face would be to kill you. Like it, it would be, you would die as a result. And in fact, actually, like, like um, we, we read where Moses was allowed to see God's glory from behind at a distance. And God had to, like, protect him to do it. Um, you know, God would speak and the earth would shake. Um, people, th- this distance that, that wasn't designed to be there was suddenly there. We couldn't be in God's presence um, because, of our, because of our sin. And it's all of us. You know, a lot of times we think sinner and we think the worst people we know and we don't think me. And I mean me like y'all me and me, me, not me, me. You know. <laughs> um, Isaiah, I think, nails it down here, right? Isaiah, um, in the beginning of his ministry, he goes into the temple one day and he sees God. It says, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him there were seraphim, which are angels, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And each was calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'm going to finish this, but I'm going to stop for a second. Um, the angels in God's presence are, are sinless, right? And so they can see God's face and they cover their faces and they cover their feet. And that's weird. Why would they cover their feet? It's a sign of respect is why. And they would say, holy, holy, holy. In Hebrew, like the way that the Jews talked, right, like in the ancient Jews, if you said something three times, it was like perfect, right? It was a statement of absolute 100%, like immutably perfect. 
Um, and so he says, holy, holy, holy. The reason he says they would say that is because God's number one attribute, like we say, God is love, and God is love. God's number one attribute is his holiness. He is like pure and good and different. Um, and he is so holy, again, that anything that enters into his presence is consumed if it is not also holy. Um, the whole earth is full of his glory. Now watch this, and I love this particular line because um, there are moments in life where we get a glimpse of God's glory, and Montana is full of them. Um, Montana is full of them because you have those moments where you look out and you see the sun coming up over the mountains. And I know I quote this one, I cite this one specifically a lot, but it's, it's one of those things that, that I am often in awe of, where you look and you see something beautiful and you think that is the most amazing thing. And you can't grab a hold of it. You could take a picture of it. It would never do it justice. Um, but it's beautiful because it points to something better. It points to how amazing and glorious God is. And we get this little taste now and again of like God's holiness and God's awesomeness and God's glory because it's out there. Um, now, he sees the angels and his response is the sound of their voices, uh, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I have a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So he sees God, and he sees God's glory, and his first response is, oh wow, I'm in trouble. Like, I'm doomed because I've seen God. Like, no man can see God's glory and live. I've seen God's glory, and I am doomed. Um, and why am I doomed? Is it because God hates me? No, it's because, because I'm sinful. Because that's me, because I am not good enough. Um, and this is the story of, of the Old Testament. It's over and over again where you see men that God chooses and men that God loves and men that God leads who are just imperfect. Um, as good as any of us believes we are, we can never, ever, ever meet God's standards. And Isaiah was like fantastic. And he was not good enough. And actually what God does is he says, hold on. And he sends an angel who picks up a coal out of the fire and he burns him. And he burns away his sin. Because um, God's holiness consumes sin. And, and he says, look, you're okay then. Um, that distance was not meant to be there. And I think we all feel that distance with God now and again. Like we have those times where the world seems empty and hopeless. We have those times where it seems like nothing is ever going to be right. Or, or where the world is, is as broken as it's going to get. Like things, the creation isn't the way it was meant to be. Because there's distance between us and God. There is brokenness. Um, and again, the reason we celebrate Christmas, the reason that we, that we worship, the reason that we, we sing about Christ, the reason that we gather and light candles and all of this other stuff is because um, God recognized we could never climb up to him and he comes down to us. The next chapter, actually, in chapter 7, there's a prophecy um, where it cites the coming, and a virgin will be with child, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And, and it's the first big, big overt, like obvious prophecy about like Jesus coming. And so we celebrate tonight, Emmanuel, you know, the God who made us to be close to him, who's far away because of our sins, stepped into our world, 
God is with us. And that's why we sing. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I'm going to hit pause there, okay, because there's a lot of stuff here. This is one of my favorite Christmas, actually it's just my favorite Christmas passage. Um, shepherds in the first century, and some of you all have heard me say this a million times, and I don't care, I'm going to say it again. Um, in the first century, shepherds were considered to be the lowest, lowest tier in society. Um, a shepherd in the ancient world, like, like they were so low on the totem pole that rabbis like said that shepherds couldn't go to heaven. Um, and in fact, actually, if you had a court case where a shepherd was a witness, they would not be allowed to testify in court because the assumption was that everyone who was a shepherd was a liar. Um, and the reason was, was because shepherds, like they had a specific job to do, Right. Um, if you walked away from sheep for any length of time, a handful of things might happen. And all of them involved the sheep dying or leaving and never coming back. I mean, you could not, you know, oh, I'm going to travel to the temple this year and be gone for two weeks. The, the sheep ain't going to survive that. Um, and so, like shepherds, they're, 
you know, they, they couldn't participate in worship. They couldn't worship God because they had work to do. And because they couldn't worship God, like they said, well, they're, they're all horrible. They're all evil. They're all wicked. They're all liars. They're all thieves. Not to mention the fact that they live outside among sheep and so kind of smell bad. And so it's real easy to kind of knock on the guys who smell bad. Um, so these guys are out there, the lowest of the low in culture, like in the society. Um, by night, they're watching their sheep. And I actually, I've been to the place where this happened. They don't know exactly which spot. There's a collection of caves. Um, and it's actually the place where they raised the sheep that were used for the sacrifices in the temple. Um, like the, the big sacrifice every year, the, the sin offering. And so these, these guys are out there, and they're in the dark. And here's the amazing thing. They're watching over their sheep in the dark. Well, you only sit in the dark and watch over the sheep if you're not really afraid of the dark, right? I mean, like, if you're afraid of the dark and you're, like, guarding, not a good deal. These guys are comfortable where they're at. They're comfortable in the dark until an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So they're in the dark, and they're fine, and an angel shows up, and the sky lights up like day, and they are terrified. And with good reason. I mean, angels are probably, as I understand it, quite terrifying. Um, but I read something interesting about this passage this week. I'd never heard it before. Um, every time we see where an angel encounters a person and we see the glory of the Lord in the presence of a person, they're terrified. And they're terrified because encountering God reminds us of one very clear thing. We're not God, right? Um, we're not God. We live in this illusion that we're in control or that we decide what's right and wrong or that we can manage our lives better than anyone else or that we know what's best. And in reality, God is in control. In reality, the smallest thing can set our life in a different direction. In reality, um, most of us, Actually, I don't know anybody who can manage their lives better than God. Um, and to be reminded of that, to stand before something so great and awesome, and to be told, like, to not even told, like, but to be, like, physically shown, you're not God. There is a God and it ain't you. Um, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. Now, here's what's really amazing about this is, um, and it's a little glimpse of the gospel. Um, these guys are essentially losers, and they get the announcement. Right? Like, hey, you guys who are not welcome, come on in and, and be the first to witness this. Come on in and be the first to spend time with God himself in our world. Like, like the God who angels sing and, and like cover their faces because they can't be in his presence. That God is here. Come, come see. I find that so comforting. And actually, everybody in this room should find that comforting. Because no matter how bad I blow it, no matter how bad I drop the ball, no matter how bad I, I screw up, um, no matter what lies I tell, no matter what sins I f stumble into, no matter, no matter how 
how rotten I am, that Savior is still there for me. He didn't come because I'm awesome. He came because I needed God to step into the world and be my Savior. And so these shepherds are invited in. Come see him. He's been born. And the angels do what they do. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Um, and so they go to witness, to witness the birth, right? The birth of Christ witnessed by guys who can't go to heaven. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, this is how much God loves you. Um, and this is how much God loves me. And this is how far God will go to save you. To cleanse you from your sins, to make it so that 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 the past is gone, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you, is what Isaiah says. These guys are about to stand in the place that Isaiah stood. Right? I've seen the face of God. I'm undone. Let's continue to praise God. Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in all her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God, or glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they had just been told. Um, now, I, I really wanted to put this passage next to the Isaiah passage, right? Where, and there are a couple others I thought about. Like, there's there's spots where it talks about Moses stepping out of God's presence and glowing, like like Rudolph's nose. Um, it's Christmas Eve, um, or or God's presence on Mount Sinai, making the the mountain crack and shake. Um, but these shepherds stepped into the very presence of God, God and and man, like perfectly connected. Where um, God looks at creation, He says, "This distance was never meant to be there." These people, I love them, but they're so far apart from me because of their sin. I have to make it right. And so he became one of us. Um, There's a great line in the book of Job where Job is angry at God because his life is ruined. And he says, God, do you even have eyes of flesh? Do you see as men see? And basically saying, do you understand what I'm going through, God? Do you get this? And God answers by taking on eyes of flesh. And taking on fingers and hands and arms and legs and feet. And eventually allowing those things to be broken for us. But on Christmas, on Christmas the shepherds stood in his presence. And they weren't terrified. And they didn't say, oh, I'm ruined. My life is broken. And every one of us has given that as a gift. I, I once sat with a young woman who was... Uh, I, when I was a chaplain I, at, a, at a treatment program, and this young woman, she had done some really, really unpleasant things in an effort to support her habits. And I was talking with her, and she said, you know what, God will never accept me. You know what I've done. You know where I've been. You know what my life has been like. I can never, ever, ever be close to God. He will never love me. And I got to say, you know what, that is just not true. Because God came for you. He came for these shepherds. He came for us when we hated him and when we were in rebellion and when we were at our worst. Christ came. And these wicked people, same as me, stood in his presence, weren't undone, and didn't have to have their lips burned by coals, um, weren't destroyed by his presence. That's something worth praising about. And actually, it's something worth talking about. And that's why we do this every year. We talk about it. Um, It's worth telling people, God came and was one of us. Praise God.
talk about uh, Christmas, and we talk about the birth of the baby, and it's easy to, to keep it nailed down to that one event, right? And, and you know, it, it's easy to fall into the trap of, you know, oh, dear, sweet baby Jesus, you know, all eight pounds of you or whatever, um, and to just make it about this, this moment. Um, but the birth of Christ, it's the precursor to Easter, Without Good Friday, without Easter, the birth of Christ is, I mean, it's something that happens every day. Babies are born. If, if God had come into our world, lived amongst us, and left, we would still have the problem of sin. We would still have the problem of being people of unclean lips and, and stony hearts in his presence. Like, we would be unable to approach God. We could never go back to where Adam and Eve were, where we were designed to be, to be in God's presence um, to enjoy him forever. Like, we wouldn't be able to do that. But, this is John recording um, Jesus' prayer. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given to him. Now this is eternal life that you know that they know you and the one or that yeah, all right I'm going to lose track of this that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began so this is kind of a lot and I'm going to unpack this real quick this is Jesus in the garden this is Jesus praying as he's about to be arrested. This is Jesus praying as he's about to be put on trial. Like the one innocent man in history is about to be convicted on trumped up charges. And they're going to take him and they're going to whip him and they're going to beat him. And then they're going to make him carry his cross to the, to the um, hill outside of the city. They're going to nail him to it and he's going to hang there for six hours. Um, not only that, while Christ is on the cross, God poured his wrath against me and against you out on him. And he takes punishment for us. That baby is born so that all of us can be forgiven. So that all of us can be made brand new. 
Not by earning it. Not by being good enough. Not by being from the right family or from the right side of the tracks. But by believing in him. And following him and belonging to him. Like we're adopted into his family just by believing in Christ. By having faith in him and pursuing him. Like, like this is all it takes. It is a free gift. We celebrate Christmas because it is the beginning of the removal of the barrier that keeps us away from God. Every rotten thing I've ever done is forgiven. I am a new creation. I'm not perfect yet. Not even close. But I look forward to a day when I'll stand in God's presence and I'll be, I'll be clean. And over and over again in my life, I, I come back to this. And we come back to it this, this evening as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Christ was born so that he could wash you. So he could make you brand spanking new. So he could take your stony hearts and replace it with a heart of flesh. So he could make you a new creation. Christ came to die for you. But tonight we're remembering the, that night, that, that silent night, um, when the light came into the world. Um, we always end our Christmas service, or our Christmas Eve service, uh, with candle lighting. Um, we're going to be singing uh, Silent Night. And as we sing, um, bring your heart and your mind into a place where you recognize, like, Christ came into a dark world, a world full of, of brokenness, a world as far away from God as it could possibly get, um, a world that, that rebelled and hated God. Um, and Christ came into that world and brought the light of the Father back. And every one of us, as we believe, like we become a new light and we reflect Christ to the world around us. And so let's praise God and let's, let's light our candles and let's remember the night that the light came into, into our world, the, the night that, that Christ came to save us. Oh, go ahead.
I get to see every year is room full of candlelit faces, like remembering the birth of our Lord. And, and I just want to take a half a second to enjoy it. Um, as we brought our hearts still and silent, and we remember that Christ came, um, we're going to conclude uh, singing with the angels, Joy to the World. that you know. Bring it to the folks that, that are your neighbors. Help people to see Jesus like that amazing baby in the manger and that amazing Savior who rose on the third day. Um, bring it everywhere. In Christ's name, amen.